Welcome to IO Talks, your source for real talks with real builders in the blockchain and IoT industry. I'm your host, Larry. Over the past two years, IOTEX has built a state-of-the-art blockchain from scratch. But IOTEX's vision is more than just blockchain. The design of IOTEX also incorporates innovations in secure hardware and data services that will power unique privacy and IoT products. Decentralized identity, trusted IoT data oracles, trusted computing, and IoT data marketplaces, just to name a few. So how does the IOTEX platform combine these components to create foundational products for developers? What is the future roadmap for IOTEX in 2019 and 2020? We answer all of these questions and more in this special IOTALKS with IOTEX co-founders Ralin Chai and Xinqin Fan. Please enjoy. Hey there everyone, welcome to IOTALKS. Today we have a very special internal version of IOTALKS for you with co-founders Xinqin Fan and Ralin Chai. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the point of this one is to really give an update on the IOTEX roadmap and just the basic future of IOTEX as a whole. But before we dive into that, for those that are new to the community, I want to give these guys a chance to introduce themselves. Maybe start with Rowan. Sure. Uh, so, Rowan, CEO and co-founder of IOTEX. Uh, we started this project almost two years ago. And recently, we have like a meetup here in our office actually to celebrate the second anniversary of IOTEX. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, hello everyone, uh, I'm Xinxin Fan, uh, I'm Head of Cryptography at IOTEX, uh, mainly leading the research and some development activities here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, everyone on the team has been super busy lately, so I just thought we'd start with you know some casual catch-ups with these guys to see what they've been up to. Obviously, we just published this uh, very comprehensive roadmap update, uh, kind of telling about the future, but you know what's been going on in the past couple months for you guys? Yeah, there was lots of lot, lot, lots going on in the past few weeks. Yeah. Uh, and even months, right? So uh, I think for once for the blockchain part we are still we launched like the mainnet alpha back in April twenty second. Mm-hmm. But still we are like marching towards like a mainnet beta, which will be end of September. Mm-hmm. So there will be lots of small features to be added to this chain. For example, like a very good one is we want to reduce the block period from ten second to five second, right? Mm-hmm. So that's Seems to be simple, but there are lots of work behind. We have tested out if like five seconds, we still have a very high success rate for the consensus. And mm-hmm. what 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 will happen if it fails, right? Can we recover type of thing? So this is like one big feature where we're going to ship out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are also like other things. Uh, I think when we go through the roadmap, you guys will know like what concrete things we are working on. Yeah, you just yeah. got back from Chicago, also kind of oh. presenting um, some IOTechs. Uh, vision with Trusted IoT Alliance. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, so that was a very, very good conversation with the TIOTA folks. So, uh, so I'm not sure how much context we have been given to the audience about TIOTA, but TIOTA is like a full name, it's called Trusted IoT Alliance, uh, which, is, uh, which was founded actually by two co-founders. One is one guy from Bosch, uh, and another guy from Costco, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, Cisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also they have like lots of industry companies around this one. Uh, for example, ARM, which is like the ma- uh, biggest like a chief manufacturers in the world. And also uh, Marsh, which is like a big, big consulting uh, firm. Mm-hmm. They all joined this TIOTA, uh, actually trying to figure out how should we do the blockchain plus IoT, right? Mm-hmm. So I have had lots of intelligent conversations with those folks in terms of how IOTEX can help to grow their business, mm-hmm. right? Try to get their IoT devices on, 
uh, onto blockchain and generate more economic uh, returns around that one. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of work going on internally on the tech side, but also starting to show IoTech te technology to you know a lot of these standards organizations. Like we have a big September plan. Actually, we're going to be at two kind of more academic conferences, right? One for the IEEE and one for the Industrial Internet Consortium, which are very highly regarded in the traditional IoT space. And you know, Xin Xin is going to give some presentations at uh, the IIC on um, some of the work he's been doing. So. Uh, maybe just share some of the things on secure hardware and also decentralized identity that you've been okay, working on. So, yeah, uh, past uh, few months we are very busy for all the different aspects of our ecosystems. Mm -hmm. uh, one big piece is uh, secure hardware. We have been uh, working very hard, uh, also together with our team in China. Mm -hmm. uh, try to build a, a few pieces of secure hardware. Uh, although we have small startups, so we, have, yeah, we have put a lot of effort on, on this aspect. Uh, we uh, yeah, our planning is to release a few uh, secure hardware in the next uh, in the following months. Mm -hmm. uh, however, a lot of challenges still need to be solved uh, before we make sure the yeah it's reached to the good status yeah. uh, for the secure hardware. I think it's a critical step for building a really trusted IoT networks together with the blockchain ecosystem. Awesome. So yeah, we just talked about a lot of things and we'll go through one by one kind of um, just walking you through this roadmap update we have. So, you know, just to start is kind of presenting IoTechs in a new light, right? Not just as a blockchain, but more of as a decentralized and IoT oriented platform with all these different components. Uh, do you guys want to talk a little bit about that kind of um, what the vision overall for uh, blockchain and IoT and IoTechs is and yeah. kind of how these uh, components really come together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I personally like. Uh, I think we both together we experienced this hype started from 2017 all the way up to 20, uh, 2018, right? Two years hype, and when the hype is almost like gone, like people stop and also like to think it over. Mm -hmm. What can blockchain do, right, in real life to create like a real values for real business use cases, and. Uh, and we found that like there is a very big gap between blockchain and the real business. Mm -hmm. uh, blockchain itself is essentially like a decentralized data store, although it's not very good at storing big amount of data, right? But it still is a decentralized data store and it provides immutability, trust, and a certain type of programmability uh, on top of that. Uh, but still, it's a very very backend technology, so meaning like people cannot use it, right? So, for example, if you are using your phone, some apps, some games on your phone right now, so you probably you will you will not realize like on the back end. So it's used MySQL database, it's used another like a probably like a Redis, SQL uh, database. Mm -hmm. so I think a blockchain will have a very similar situation down the road. Mm -hmm. So that's why we started to think about if we already have a blocking up there up there and running very well. So what's the missing pieces we should put in here? To make like a real business to 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 flow around, right? So that's why uh, we have this new roadmap, which basically targets more on the framework, on the architecture of the whole thing, rather than the blockchain itself. Of course, blockchain will be like the root of trust and very important piece for this entire architect. But it's already here; it's already working very well. Mm -hmm. So that's why we we want to put a little bit more resource into the layers on top of the blockchain. For example, this is a data service service layer. I will maybe give another uh, explanation about this data service layer in, uh, momentarily, mm -hmm. and also it's secure hardware all the way up to the uh, to the IoT. 
right. IoT space, right? Mm -hmm. So that that that's the architect that we are focusing uh, right now, at least from now to the next year. Right. So this platform is kind of composing um, a lot of different technologies all coming together um, to really bridge blockchain and IoT to solve real-world business problems and real-world, you know, even consumer problems as well. So, you know, I think. Uh, this first section of our roadmap update, we talk about you know uh, the future of IoTech really involves fusing secure hardware and data services with the blockchain layer that we've been building for the past couple of years. So a lot of the work uh, we have in the future not only covers finishing our blockchain, uh, but also integrating uh, the secure hardware and data services to really create these uh, real products that that Ralph is talking about. Um, right. So the way we kind of explain this is uh, we have these platform components, which are blockchain, secure hardware, and uh, data services, which kind of come together to form foundational products for developers that they can use, hopefully, right, off the, right out of the box in the future, which are decentralized identity, uh, trusted IoT data oracles, uh, trusted computing, and finally, IoT data marketplaces. So, you know, in this kind of uh, overview, we're going to cover all of those things from the components and also the foundational products and hopefully give you an idea of just, you know, the level of detail that we're going into to really develop a lot of these, uh, develop our platform and our network. So, you know, just to start off, um, you know, on the blockchain side, uh, a lot of our community is very familiar with the work in the past couple of years. Uh, we've launched four testnet releases, one mainnet alpha launch now, and the mainnet's running great. Uh, so what is coming next for the blockchain side? Yeah, uh, I think our roadmap is like this. We will have a mainnet beta in the coming September, and then we'll have like a GA next year, earlier next year. Mm -hmm. uh, like the strategy here is we want to maintain the mainnet in a very good shape and uh, uh, gradually adding like new features, which will be very helpful to like uh, uh, facilitate this IoT platform mm -hmm. uh, from this perspective to the blockchain platform gradually, right? So I think, like uh, as I mentioned, like one big feature we will have in the September is like reduce this block time to five seconds. Mm -hmm. uh, there are other features around that. For example, uh, we are adding more analytic features to the blockchain as well because we want to make the blockchain to be visualized and visible to lots of people, not just like running on the backend, mm -hmm. right? And also like the API developer kit, uh, those things, even like the wallet. Mm -hmm. I will pay to be like another big one. So that's, generally speaking, that's, that's about the blockchain. Right. right. So mainnet beta is going to come with uh, reduced block time and also some EVM upgrades and other incremental features, I think. But um, yeah, it seems like you know, a lot of the work we even had planned for mainnet beta, meaning like the increase from 12 to 36 consensus delegates, it seems like we're almost ahead of schedule uh, mm -hmm. on the blockchain side. So mainnet beta will be incremental improvements and also include some very critical features like reduced block time. Um, but looking forward to early 2020 with Mainnet GA, that's going to be our big kind of official launch of, of the IoTex Mainnet. So mm -hmm. what can the community expect kind of between now and, and GA? Yeah, I think that like a very uh, big initiative at this, uh, as we're planning is trying to move all the governance staking voting part uh, essentially back to the IoTex network mm -hmm. to make a, like a unified user experience. Like for now, we will have like a two type of tokens, both floating around, mm -hmm. and one is doing staking, and one is doing like utility, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we've got lots of feedback from users saying, uh, this is like a very fragmented user experience, so I want like one wallet to do all, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why, uh, that, that's reason one. Another reason, uh, what we feel like is our blockchain gets more and more secure and matured, so we're like a, 
the, the initial reason for launching uh, using Ethereum as our like a portal for voting and staking is because it's more stable and secure. So we want to anchor the security of Biotex native blockchain on top of Ethereum, right? Mm -hmm. But it looks like this phase has been like you know gradually phased out. So we have like a more security, maturity, and also confidence building to the Biotex blockchain now. So that, so that's that's why like we will move back everything uh, back to the native blockchain. So that's a really big initiative for the GA. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you know until then we're launching a lot of new features, really focus on usability for developers and for end users, right? And you know I think um, also in mainnet GA will come layer two chain SDKs. Until then, we're going to definitely be releasing a lot of new um, dApp kind of scaffolders and dApp tools to make people allow, allow developers to create dApps more easily and working with some partners to create custom layer two chains. But kind of in GA, trying to have the framework uh, to develop the, the real SDK for layer two chains. Yeah. Um, yeah, in addition, a lot of products and tools, as Rowling was mentioning, you know, we are always constantly improving our explorers, our wallets, uh, different web SDKs. And also integrating with a lot of different services and tools. So, mm -hmm. you know, we have uh, plans for Chainlink and Neutral USD. Um, do you guys want to talk a little bit about that before we dive into uh, the next category? Uh, yes, for the Neutral U uh, USD, uh, actually they are onboarding right now. So I think the technique work is almost done. Uh, the remaining part is how, how do we work with Neutral Dollar, this project on the marketing mm -hmm. side, to launch this product in a meaningful way, right? So uh, to in order to do that, we're going to find like the first or maybe first two use cases for NUSD mm -hmm. on top of the IELTS blockchain. Yeah. I think we already identified like uh, both of them. I still need some time to you know uh, to, 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 to get everything like uh, uh, ironed out. So the first use case will be some like gaming, uh, especially IoT type of gaming that use NUSD as underlying currency for, mm -hmm. for, 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 for playing. And another one, uh, which we actually incubated like a small project, uh, is what they have is like this insurance DeFi type of a DeFi insurance that running on top of the IOTEX blockchain, but still tied to the IoT world, meaning how to use the data that gets collected from the IoT world to do the insurance. I think uh, NUSD will be very, very useful here as well. Right. Yeah, Chainlink will have the similar fashion actually. Uh, so it, we will still like identify some use cases for Chainlink uh, to be work on IELTS blockchain. Uh, I think this insurance app will be one of them. Uh, yeah, generally speaking, I think they are on very good, uh, very good shape right now. Yeah, it's really interesting yeah. to see all these kind of components coming together, like Chainlink with the oracles, uh, NUSD with the stablecoin integrations, mm -hmm. and obviously a lot of things going on in IELTS blockchain. So mm -hmm. starting to see some real holistic products, not just kind of simple, kind of isolated. Uh, proof points, right? So mm -hmm. definitely stay tuned for more things on the blockchain side. But you know, I think um, a lot of the community is familiar with what we've done on the blockchain side, but not as much on the secure hardware side. We've been hinting at some of the things with Avo Board and with Trusted Tracker, but you know, um, in this blog post, we really introduced three uh, novel concepts. One is the IO Tracker, which we're actually going to be launching first in September, um, and the second one is Avo Board which you know, uh, community is very familiar with. That's kind of um, our privacy uh, engine and IoT gateway product. And then finally, we're also doing some things, uh, interesting things with uh, internet protocol cameras and decentralized identities. So we're going to have Xinxin kind of walk through each of those things and kind of explain from his perspective you know, what those are 
and why it's important um, when combined with the blockchain that Rowan just mentioned. So, you know, just to kick it off, you know, um, I think I'm personally very excited for this IO tracker, something very practical and something that um, I think people can really get behind. So, if you want to share from your perspective, what is IO tracker? So, uh, IO tracker basically, I think, is the first. Uh, uh, trusted GPS tracker mm -hmm. uh, on the market. Uh, we are we are currently yeah focusing on. Uh, so L tracker combine the uh, trusted secure uh, microcontroller uh, together with four G LTE mm -hmm. uh, and NBLT uh, together. It's a yeah it's a integrated highly integrated chip. So yeah this tracker basically uh, combine the GPS uh, GPS coordinates mm -hmm. uh, together with uh, multiple sensors uh, on the tracker board uh, to provide the trusted uh, environment data, motion uh, data, as well as your location data right. uh, to the backend. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, yeah, like the major features for, for this. Right. And I, th I think the, the features that you're mentioning are very interesting, right? But one thing that really differentiates our product from the others on the market is not just because it's a blockchain product, yeah. But it's also because of kind of the security we built into the endpoint itself, yes. which a lot of the trackers on the market, I've been looking at the specs, don't really have the same kind of security architecture and also the back-end security. Um, so you kind of explain okay. um, what that means and as far as uh, both security in the cloud and mm -hmm. security on the edge device. Okay. So, yeah, actually, the IOTEX uh, vision is to pr provide end-to-end -end trust. Mm -hmm. uh, that's uh, our ultimate goal for all all of our IoT ecosystem and the blockchain systems. Mm -hmm. So that's why uh, the security hardware is uh, end device. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a single piece for collecting data in the trusted worst way. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the first step. You uh, you collect when you collect the data. That's the first step. You get the trusted data. Mm -hmm. uh, that's only the end device, and uh, we also have the uh, hybrid uh, backend. Uh, combined with uh, with the cloud and blockchain, mm -hmm. uh, which will be used for the different purpose. For example, the, for storing data security, or provide the data integrity. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a uh, different pieces in our backend systems. Yeah. So in order to ensure the security or trustworthiness of the entire system, you have to uh, keep every step or every link uh, to be secure. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's why uh, we have the uh, we have the secure end end hardware piece. Uh, and also we have secure gateway mm -hmm. as well as the secure backend. Right. So only when you combine all those pieces together, you can really ensure the end-to-end -end trust. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a, a key point for our uh, security architecture yeah. and how we realize the IoT security uh, in the proper way. Right. No, so we're kind of doing all the steps, right? It's a device, the gateway, and the server itself yeah. to really build that end-to-end -end trust, but you know, for people that are new to the term secure hardware, right? I think mm -hmm. it's like almost a buzzword yeah, yeah, a little yes. bit by now. Like, what does secure hardware mean to you guys? As deep cryptography experts, you guys have a different view of what um, secure means than the traditional viewer, right? It's not just being tamper-proof, but it's also covering all these attack vectors. So, mm -hmm. you know, maybe explain uh, from your perspective what secure hardware actually means. So yeah, <laughs> secure hardware is like the uh, you have a piece of hardware. That's mm -hmm. the first thing. The the second component is you 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 have to add some security 
uh, chips on your hardware mm -hmm. to protect uh, your key. So for many IoT devices on the market, uh, the reason uh, they are not secure uh, is mo mostly due to the cost. Mm -hmm. So many uh, many products that have very low cost, uh, they did not put a lot of security countermeasures uh, on the hardware level to protect uh, the entire device. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why they, they either write the, write the key directly with their firmware, which can be easily extracted mm -hmm. uh, by the hacker once they, they bought your device. Uh, or they did very poor protection uh, for, uh, for the key, uh, especially when you talk with the backend. Mm -hmm. So that's all the attacking factors uh, currently uh, have been played by the attacker uh, to really compromise the IoT product. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the, uh, from the high-level uh, perspective, uh, to building a secure hardware, uh, it's like you, you need, a, <coughs> you need a, a piece of a secure chip to protect your key, also doing some uh, protocol in a, a secure fashion. Mm -hmm. Also, you need uh, uh, to protect your system in the operating system level mm -hmm. uh, to build, really build the different layers of fence to block the attacker from, the penetra uh, from penetrating to your system. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great transition over into board because you know, I think a lot of our community has questions around you know, what is the, the work that's required to make Avoboard usable. Mm -hmm. And you just described a lot of this middleware and, you know, a lot of these security architecture that has to be built and linked, kind of integrated into the hardware. It's not just, you know, you can use this hardware out of the box. Yeah. That's not really innovating on much, right? Um, so you kind of explain the work from now until Avoboard launch, maybe closer to the end of 2019, okay. regarding like what kind of things need to be built so that it's easier for developers to really start using Overboard. Okay, uh, for the Overboard piece, our, yeah, our plans, uh, we are currently, uh, we are further refining the design for the Overboard. Uh, there are two major goals we try to reach. Uh, first is we will change the design a little bit to make the Overboard more easier to combine with the different IoT connectivity act uh, technology, for example, uh, ZigBee, uh, the NFC, and other uh, other different wireless communication technologies. Mm -hmm. So we try to reach the goal that you can you can buy a piece of the wireless connectivity module mm -hmm. and you you plug into the our board. Then that will become the gateway for that particular uh, IoT communication technologies. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, that's uh, one way to use our board as a. Uh, uh, secure IoT gateway. Mm -hmm. Basically, you can talk with uh, different type of IoT device by using the connectivity modules, and uh, securely forward the information you collected from the device uh, to our backend. So that's a <coughs> that's a secure IoT gateway piece. Uh, the other uh, application scenario for the board is we use as a general purpose uh, secure computing platform. Mm -hmm. So uh, in this piece, basically. Our board will provide a secure computing environment mm -hmm. uh, to realize some general purpose, uh, yeah, like privacy preserving computation. Uh, for example, to doing some edge computation uh, for the for the LT for the LT data collected, mm -hmm. uh, such like this kind of uh, applications. So in this model, uh, our blockchain pay, uh, piece basically will control all the data flow. Uh, from the our board mm -hmm. and doing the orchestration uh, in this scenario. Right. It's basically two uh, two type of applications. Yeah.
It's very cool. Yeah, so Avo Board, I think, you know, we've introduced it um, in light versions, um, but the, the roadmap for Avo Board is we're going to probably announce the white paper uh, late Q3, early Q4, um, and then start to issue more demos and proof of concepts throughout Q4 2019 and build out that middleware and usability for developers, hopefully um, doing a pre-order or distribution of Avo Boards late 2019. Um, and finally, you know, the last piece around the hardware side is we're doing something very interesting with uh, IP cameras, IP video cameras, um, basically injecting decentralized identities that we're kind of developing a framework for into real-world IoT devices and kind of in partnership uh, with a large IoT manufacturer partner. Um, but we'll dive more into that on the, in, later in the discussion around decentralized identity. But, you know, just to share kind of the sequence of our secure hardware launches, the goal is to educate the industry about secure hardware, which is still uh, pretty new for most folks. Uh, we want to be the first company to ship real TEE-based products in secure hardware, so not just in the blockchain industry, but also in the traditional IoT industry. And then finally, give a very nice intuitive onboarding process for developers. So um, that's kind of the, the work going on on the secure hardware side. Um, and the last piece of this kind of platform components is on data services. and you know, I think this stems from a question that a lot of people ask is IoT generates so much data mm -hmm. and blockchain is not the, the data structure that's cost effective or reasonable to put all that data on. So mm -hmm. what's the solution? Yeah, so um, we were having this added to our roadmap uh, is because after talking with lots of manufacturers, vendors, you know, IoT industry people, and we start to realize, you know, like such, like they have a such a requirement where this they need this data to be stored in a very cost-effective way. Mm -hmm. Apparently, it's not blockchain, and also like a you know very privacy-preserving uh, way. Like they probably don't want to share the data with other you know other others uh, on the market. Mm -hmm. So that's why we come up with this design about these data services, and we validated like the concept, the design with some of these vendors, manufacturers, and they all like it. Mm -hmm. So from very high level. Uh, uh, like we can we can see this data services as a container. So this container is actually can be a public container, right? Like everybody can read and write from this container. Uh, and this container itself can be like a cloud service, right? Can be instantialized as a cloud service. Mm -hmm. And another form of this container could be like a privacy, like a private hold type of container. Like if like one manufacturer wants to have such a container, then he will just start maybe some internal. I don't know some like a backend services which can host this data within their like a premium, mm -hmm. uh, and then they will be the anyone who can access this data and uh, control this data. Right. And also another requirement we, we do learn from such like a, such a uh, those industry folks is probably in certain scenarios they want two private hold containers to have some type of interaction. For example, they want do some joint computing to produce some meaningful result which mm -hmm. can generate like economic returns. So that's why we, we have this design and we will also like have our trusted computing technology to be part of this like data services. So once it's enabled, like people can do some privacy preserving queries on top of our trusted computing products, mm -hmm. which will tap into those two private data containers, fetch the data, do a privacy preserving computation and return the results. Right. Right. So that, that's the whole view for this data container. But, but like to be honest, like we are not like a doing you know kind of S three uh, type of thing from scratch. We will mostly leverage what's already there on the market. Mm -hmm. For example, S three from AWS, GCS from Google, 
uh, OSS from Ali Cloud, and even like this Bluezilla, we just have a partnership with. Mm -hmm. So they are like a global type of storage system um, based on blockchain. Will be the backend for this data container. Yeah. So what we will be doing is adding like a very thin layer in front of those technologies to make it, you know, uh, like I said, can do some trusted computing, can do some access control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's that's our vision. Yeah. So it's like a nice combination of on-chain data, mm -hmm. which is more transactional data, accounts. Um, and then uh, using those uh, kind of permissions to define who gets access to the off-chain data, which is more stored in the cloud. So, right. I mean, I think you just summarized it very well around how these components really come together. It's almost like the blockchain is controlling a lot of these secure hardware, call them slaves, I guess, right? They're just mm -hmm. trusted third-party devices that are orchestrated by the blockchain. And also on the data side, it's kind of, you think about database, it's kind of the blockchain will be the one that controls who can access that off-chain data. Um, maybe there's a more technical way to explain mm -hmm. it, but how do you kind of summarize the way these platform components come together? Yeah, yeah, I, I would say like the blockchain is the basic, right? So you can think it as like a, the, uh, how should I say, like a government for this entire decentralized uh, world, mm -hmm. right? So it can govern how this storage things works, like how, how this access control works, and also it governs how the secure hardware works mm -hmm. in that respect. Uh, res mm -hmm. So, and then this data services and the secure hardware are mostly like those functional uh, teams or maybe functional departments in this like a decentralized land. They produce like a certain type of services to make uh, like the real business operations to be possible. So that, for example, this data services at, at least it can provide some storage capability, some analytical capability, and also trusted computing. While this secure hardware will be, you know, hired, you know, those hardware will be actually hired to do some very concrete tasks mm -hmm. to improve the in, uh, entire privacy for this decentralized land. Yeah. Right. So they are interconnected, but like you know, the blockchain is really the the brain, or maybe like the how to say like a centralized government for this decentralized world. Right. 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 Yeah, so that's kind of the, the full stack, the full IoTex platform with those three components like blockchain, secure hardware, and data services. But, you know, the combination of these components as kind of forms the IoTex platform, but they also form these very unique foundational products that, you know, a lot of people are working on maybe as standalone as their entire company's goal, but we kind of see these as capabilities for developers to use in the future. And, you know, just to start off, you know, kind of the combination of secure hardware and also uh, blockchain kind of gives rise to uh, decentralized identity for devices. And this is something obviously Xinjiang has been working on. So how would you explain decentralized identity as a, as a concept and why is it important for IoT devices to have okay. decentralized identities? So yeah, if you look at the current IoT market, it's, uh, it's largely fragmented. Right? So every, every company has their own uh, device uh, identifier. Uh, or their own schema to mm -hmm. define those, right? So when you bring all those different type of device uh, to the blockchain world, so you need something uh, like a universal way uh, to identify each of them. Mm -hmm. So that yeah, that that's a uh, that's a fundamental layer you have to build in order to bring everything together. Right. So decentralized decentralized identity uh, basically uh, provide your framework how you can bring the different uh, things. Or uh, beside the device, also the people who control those devices together mm -hmm. uh, into a 
like this water market. Right. So uh, with this uh, decentralized identity, uh, people can easily discover the service provided by the other device. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, in this in the uh, globally. Yeah. Right. So this is a basic concept why we need this layer. Mm -hmm. So basically, provide the universal way to identify the different things. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, yeah, uh, open the opportunity to provide service right. and uh, connect the different pieces together. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because if you want to have trusted data, you first have to trust the devices yeah. uh, that they're coming from. And without an identity for those devices, uh, that's not possible. So do you want to talk about the, the trusted data part? So this mm -hmm. is something that uh, is very near and dear to AvoBoard is kind of using this concept of trusted IoT data oracles. Mm -hmm. So uh, once we have identities for these devices, now we're grabbing uh, data from those. Um, so you want to explain kind of our approach to oracles and how it might be different from others? Okay, so our approach is, uh, to oracles basically uh, is based on the secure IoT device. Mm -hmm. So we want to ensure the data collected by the IoT device can be trustworthy. Mm -hmm. That's why uh, we only trust the data collected by the yeah, secure IoT hardware, mm -hmm. uh, which will, will be digitally signed uh, by the hardware internally mm -hmm. when they collect the data. Uh, so we will have the trusted application running the trust room, uh, which connect to the, all those like sensors or other peripherals mm -hmm. uh, when they're collecting the data. So in this way, we can ensure uh, so this this piece of data is collected by that particular secure hardware. Mm -hmm. So all those data, uh, we also have some backend protocols to doing the data aggregation, also pro provide the uh, the proof mm -hmm. to show why the, those data can be trustworthy. Right. So all the way from the real world data to the, its use in IoTech smart contracts is kind of again ensuring that end to end trust. Yes. Right? So you know you mentioned trusted applications. So once we have the trusted devices, and once we have the trusted data, now all of that can be used in trusted computing. So again, that's another capability of not just AvoBoard, but also about, um, you know, we're working a little bit with SGX on the, the server side, mm -hmm. so um, kind of this concept of, of Rowland likes to say, the zoo of TEEs. Mm -hmm. um, do you guys want to explain what that zoo kind of means and um, what the future vision for that for us is? So. Basically, we want to combine the different type of the secure hardware in the market uh, because if you look at uh, this zoo of TEs, uh, they are full of uh, trusted hardware with different uh, computational capabilities, storage capabilities. Uh, usually, when you consider secure hardware, uh, the number of interfaces exposed will affect the security level. Mm -hmm. So like you, the smart card you're using for your, for your, for your banking purpose are uh, every day, you see there's a, it's a very small chip, but they're only doing the very single or very simple functions. Mm -hmm. So they build a very strong secure fence uh, for, uh, for this secure hardware. Mm -hmm. uh, however, that's a trade-off between the processing capability and, and attacker interface. So, uh, yeah, the second layer is like the trust zone-based secure hardware, mm -hmm. uh, like our board we are building. Uh, it, it has relatively more powerful computational power, uh, however, also has a trade-off there. They have more attacking interface. That's, uh, so once your processing capability become more complex, uh, you need to expose uh, more interface to, to talk with the outside world, mm -hmm. uh, to exchange the data, to access a certain system call. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, this trend will continue when you build a more 
bigger scale secure hardware like Intel SGX. Mm -hmm. uh, they have relatively more powerful co uh, computational capability, but uh, yeah, they have a lot of interface to talk with outside world. Right. So this rule of the trusted hardware, uh, you'll see the trade-off uh, between the computational capability, uh, storage capability, also their uh, the number of exposed interface. Mm -hmm. So which will provide you the different the level of secure service when you consider uh, using those different uh, hardwares. Right. Uh, we see the real world applications, uh, people usually require um, the different type of service depending on how sensitive their data is. Mm -hmm. right? uh, so that's why we, we think this uh, quite makes sense. We build this type of uh, rule of secure hardware. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I, I want to uh, take a step back to talk about like a DID, right? So, what's the rationale for us to do DID, mm -hmm. right? So, um, I saw like a paradigm shift here. So, in the traditional world, how that this work is very centralized, depending on PKICA, right? So, for example, this Robert here. So, if it wants to go alive, it has to ask the CA to issue a cert. Mm -hmm. So, it will, like the CA was CA is certificate authority. Certificate authority is like a government. Right, basically gave you something and say, oh, okay, so you are Alice, you are Bob. Mm -hmm. and then he can go out of the door and show all the other people, so I'm Alice, I'm Bob, because I have this, you know, government issue ID. So that, that's a traditional world. So in the DID world, decentralized world, so this is very different. Mm -hmm. So what it has is, this guy will produce like a passport, let's say, a passport, right, for, 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 for itself. So then he will have this passport controlled by himself, totally controlled by himself. But he can go to like a different CS, different government, say, oh, I, I, I probably I need a visa to enter this country, so can you get me a step on it, mm -hmm. right? So the government say, okay, yes, I get a step, and then he can go to another country, saying, oh, so because I have this step here, so probably I can enter your country as well. Mm -hmm. So this is such a like a, a paradigm shift. Right. Like he has whole control of his pass passport book, let's mm -hmm. say, right? He has, and also later he can like a grant access to maybe certain pages of the passport. Passport, for example, some people want to take a look, like where you have been, right, in the past few years. Mm -hmm. Probably he can share some page of his passport to this guy for a period of time, mm -hmm. saying, "Oh, okay, you can access my data because I issue a token, mm -hmm. per se, right?" So I think everything is actually around this passport, mm -hmm. and all the data collected is actually around this part passport, which this guy has like a full control. So this is a very, very powerful model. Yeah. compared to those CA-controlled type of thing. Definitely. It's kind of putting the destiny in their own hands. It's like they can collect as many stamps as they right. want. And right. the more stamps that they have, it's kind of defining that trust score. Uh, right. If you have enough stamps from enough authorities, then the next authority is more likely to that's believe you when you register. Right? That's very true. Actually, there are a few crypto projects who's working on this for human beings. For example, you poured, I think, at yeah. the very early uh, like I started like a project has been there three four years uh, doing DID for like the uh, for people for human being mm -hmm. um, but I guess IELTS is the first one who's putting this into like a device world which actually makes more sense I feel like uh, because given this amount mass amount of devices given like their decentralized nature right mm -hmm. so like having them to take control of their own world that's 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 at least my vision for the future yeah and this kind of extends into the last foundational product, which is IoT data marketplace. So this is actually a combination of you know blockchain and I guess data services, and also the data that's coming from secure hardware. But it's almost saying that um, I'm allowing certain decentralized identities or 
certain people with this, uh, the right number of stamps to access uh, my data, whether it's buy, sell, trade, or share. Um, so explain kind of, I guess, the importance of a decentralized data marketplace as far as kind of and our future plans for it. Right, right. Um, so for the, for, the, for the data marketplace, that's definitely like a plan down the road, but that's not our high priority right now because mm -hmm. we're still building those foundation layers yeah. uh, as of now, right? But in the future, once we have all like, the storage there, DID deployed, actually, like we will have lots of IP cams mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to have our DID actually burning too. Mm -hmm. uh, so then we can talk about this IoT data marketplace. So this will be uh, extremely like a new, uh, like a stuff. I, I, I think no one has been everything the same. Like yeah, we have a lot of incentive design. Exactly. Like we, we have been like a talking with these ideas a lot. For example, if you have installed your IP can, which has decentralized identity and have control, can control its own data within like a, for example, a mall, maybe, maybe you can charge for people uh, if they just come across, I don't know, for some reason. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe you can tell your like a HVAC, which is like an air conditioner, to turn on and off based on upon like the density of uh, crowd you see here. Mm -hmm. right? Lots of interesting stuff can be done here to like further increase the productivity for the, our society. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a very ambitious goal. Yeah, and it definitely comes back to the original purpose of you know what we're doing here is to use blockchain and IoT to solve real world problems, right? So yeah. and we covered a lot of the platform components. We talked about the foundational products and just want to reiterate the importance of the end-to-end -end trust where you know, trusted devices with decentralized identities uh, kind of produce trusted data and feeding that data into the blockchain with oracles. And then that data is kind of used in trusted computing and ultimately in the future exchanged mm -hmm. on trusted IoT data marketplaces. So that's kind of our version of end-to-end. -end. And, you know, I think, um, yeah, I think that's overall the, the, the roadmap that we have ahead. So. Um, you know, with that, I want to thank Rowan and Xinxin for taking the time to really explain some of the rationale as, to, as far as, you know, the new roadmap and the new priorities. Um, you know, before we sign off, any final thoughts on, you know, the, the road ahead for IOTEX? Yeah, so uh, we have a very ambitious roadmap here, I would think. Um, so, uh, uh, but like, I do not want like a set a very high expectation for like we're getting everything done, you know, within a couple of months. That's basically impossible. So each of those components will take some time, you know, to be designed, very thoughtfully designed, and also to be implemented mm -hmm. uh, flawlessly, and then put into production. Uh, but we do, uh, like my personal philosophy is, uh, we will do blockchain as a base layer, and probably two, three layers on top of blockchain, then we can reach like the real business, the real IoT business here. And we, what we will do is we will like focus on a very like you know, very niche, uh, very vertical for this entire landscape. Mm -hmm. Like we cannot do too much because we only have like, this many people and this, this many resources so far. But we will do like a one very good vertical and make it work. Right. Uh, and then like we will have uh, in our mind how this business should be, how this tech, tech stack should be, right? Mm -hmm. Then we can expand to other areas as well. Yeah. So that's, that's what we are doing at the company level. Yeah, and I think hopefully once we start to dive into that, you know, niche vertical, it will inspire other people in their community to tackle other niche verticals, right? I think we're building a lot of these foundational products so that developers in the future can do the same concepts that we're trying to build, right? I think uh, the great thing about these foundational products is it's not 
one IoT vertical specific, right? Mm -hmm. Every IoT use case pretty much requires decentralized identities, trusted computing, not requires, but can utilize these things to really transform uh, the way they do business today. So we see a lot of new business models emerging just centered around privacy and trust and trying to build out the infrastructure to allow people to really capture those, to capture that value. So yeah, um, yeah. Xing any any final thoughts for the community? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, like uh, Roland mentioned, we have very ambitious roadmap here. Uh, a lot of work needs to be, yeah, further down mm -hmm. to reach our ultimate goal. Uh, yeah, I think the, uh, this is a very good combination uh, to really build the end-to-end -end trust uh, for the IoT future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, stay tuned for more announcements. We'll have more blog posts really digging into the details of all the things we talked about today. And yeah, definitely stay tuned to our official channels. And thank you for tuning in to this special uh, version of IOTalks. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thank you.